Welcome to From the Trenches, the fourth podcast for the Association of Pulmonary Critical Care and Sleep Medicine Division Directors, or APCCSD. This monthly podcast series will address topics and challenges relevant to chiefs. Today we are joined by Dr. Ann Dixon and a special guest speaker, Dr. Christian Reichert. Dr. Dixon serves on the executive committee for the group as immediate past president, and Dr. Christian Reichert currently serves as a director at the Johns Hopkins Adherence Research Center. Today, we will be talking about and recapping the 2017 APCCSD Gender Equity Summit. I'm Dr. Susan Murin, Vice Chair of Medicine at University of California, Davis, and moderator for the podcast. I'm Ann Dixon. I'm Chief of Pulmonary and Critical Care at the University of Vermont, and uh, as Susan said, immediate past president of APCCSD. I'm Kristen Reichert. I'm an Associate Professor at Johns Hopkins and Director of the Adherence Research Center. I'm a psychologist housed in a pulmonary and critical care sleep division, and I lead research that spans qualitative research through randomized clinical trials. Well, welcome to everyone, and a special welcome to you, Kristen. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I'm going to start by asking Anne to tell us a little bit about the rationale for the Gender Equality Summit. Sure. Well, I think we realized that this was such a major issue in our society um, around 2017. There was a lot of data being published on gender equity in a lot of different professions and, and medicine in general. Um, and we realized we did not know uh, if there were any uh, gender equity, equity issues in, in, in pulmonary and critical care. There just wasn't much data out there. Um, there was a perception um, that there were pure women in leadership roles, uh, but we really didn't have any data. Uh, there have been some publications suggesting that uh, women physicians weren't being paid as much, but we didn't have any data. Um, so because of uh, concerns, um, we perceived concerns, we decided to get a group together to look at this um, as objectively as possible. I understand that there was some information gathering that occurred in advance of the summit. Kristen, can you tell us a little more about that process and what was learned? So the organizers of the summit decided to collect some data prior to the summit to help inform and identify if there's any um, spe specific issues in pulmonary critical care that might be unique in terms of gender equity. Because I have a background in qualitative work, they asked me to be involved in gathering that data and, and analyzing it a bit so that we could identify some themes prior to the meeting that would get the conversation going in terms of what was specific to pulmonary critical care. And what was the process uh, for gathering that information? I understand there were some interviews to identify themes? Yes. So we worked with ATS staff to identify current former uh, division directors, um, department chairs, deans of schools of medicine, and we invited them to participate in some semi-structured interviews uh, of questions that we specifically wanted to address as part of the summit. And then ATS staff did those interviews, audio taped them, and then I took those interviews and then pulled out some themes specifically Great. to then present. So uh, Anne, can you tell us what were some of the major takeaways uh, for the division chiefs and that were discussed at the summit? Um, yes, of course. Well, I, I think the major takeaway is that still in 2017 and 2018 that this is an issue. Um, I think uh, many of us as we've gone further in our careers thought um, as women advanced, um, were longer into their medical careers, that this issue would just go away, but it hasn't gone away. Um, and I think the takeaways for division chiefs are that this exists, 
and that we need to actively um, think about it and, and, and look at data within our own division so that we understand um, how many of our uh, faculty are the assistant, associate, and full professor, um, that we uh, look at salaries um, by gender to see if there's um, gender equity by, by salary. And it's sort of shocking to me that we can even be thinking that's an issue. But I, in medicine, um, as in many other professions, uh, we found that it was an issue. Um, and, and, and so I think that the take-home message for me is that we not only need to know that this exists, but we need to actively address it because unless we actively address it, it's going to persist. And how about you, Kristen? I think one of the really interesting things that came out of some of the interviews we did that would make it unique to pulmonary critical care is the, the hope that an RVU system might bring about equity, but a recognition that RVUs are based on what services you provide care for and the types of if you're interventional versus not interventional, and so that still leads to inequities because women perhaps don't always gravitate towards those higher RVU, or, or they're not directed towards those higher RVU um, professions, and so that there still might be inequities even when it can be counted and quantified. Were there any challenges in collecting the information? Besides the fact that we only had about a month to try and pull it all together, I was actually remarkably surprised how willing division directors and chairs and, and deans were willing to speak to us about the topic and how candid um, we felt they were. Um, we did try to assure them we wouldn't highlight any really personal stories that could de-identify them, um, but I, I felt the candidness and the thought with which they, they gave information and the time they gave was, was very impressive. Um, it, it's often hard to recruit very high leadership into to doing things, and it, it was remarkably not difficult. And I think that speaks to the importance of the topic and the recognition of, of chiefs and chairs that, that this is an important topic. So I happen to be fortunate uh, to work for a state institution where transparency is mandated. So you can look up any faculty member's salary on the web. Uh, which empowers people, of course, to do those uh, comparisons. It sounds like things might be more challenging in settings where people aren't aware of what other people are paid. What are your thoughts about that? Yes, I, I would say that you're probably sort of in the minority and very fortunate as, as, as far as that's concerned. Um, I think trying to get access to salary data um, is uh, incredibly hard. Um, and, and, and I think particularly well, junior women, senior women, they need to know that they need to ask these questions um, uh, of, of their administrators, of, of their leadership, um, and at least ask them to, to look at this problem. It can be very difficult getting the data. And I, I guess I just want to say right here, there are more things to gender equity than just salary equity. So what other areas are there in which attention needs to be made uh, to equity between men and women in the professional sphere of pulmonary critical care medicine? Well, I think one of the issues that came out loud and clear is that women um, advocate for themselves differently um, and are perceived differently. Um, so if a woman uh, walks in and advocates strongly for uh, an increased salary, uh, that may be perceived very negatively. Um, we had uh, data... Um, quoted that uh, when a CV is submitted uh, bearing a man's name or a woman's name, uh, that CV is perceived very differently and the man is perceived 
more highly than the, than the woman. And it's not that this is a problem for men. The women perceive the woman more negatively as well, which to me was um, surprising um, and sort of a wake-up call to me. Um, so I think um, one of the things that we need to be aware of, um, just because you're a woman reader, does not mean there's gender equity within your division. Um, so this is something that women and men need to actively manage. I think another interesting theme that, that arises is the need for mentorship and even more importantly sponsorship. That when you're part of a network, um, men often have other men who are in positions where they can nominate them for leadership opportunities, awards, recognitions that then help them along their professional pathway. And often women don't have that. Um, they don't have the informal networks. Um, and often, they're, even if they have male mentors, they, the male mentor doesn't often sponsor them. Um, and so both are really critical, and we need to think about that. But I think one of our interviewees pointed out an interesting point that because there's so few women high up, it gives you an element of power and uniqueness that sometimes makes it hard to bring other women up because you might lose that, that power and uniqueness. Um, and I think that was an interesting point that, that came out from interviews that often doesn't show up in, in quantitative data. Um, but you can see how that might happen. Um, and so we also have to work with women, helping other women to pull up. I think there was always the thought that that would naturally happen, and, and it possibly hasn't. And I think the other important thing to understand is that as women, we need men to be sponsors of junior women too. Um, and certainly uh, some senior men do that very, very well. Um, so I think one of the important things to be aware of is that it's not just women that can be sponsors um, to women. And that the, this is a responsibility uh, for men as well. Um, and, and I think some men are very good at doing that and, and sponsoring women and, and, and thinking about the issue. Um, and as a side, this is sort of, I worry a little bit um, with men having to worry about sort of, you know, me too, um, and how um, a relationship with a junior woman might be um, perceived. Um, and I think there are just tremendous men out there who really think about bringing women up and putting them forward, um, leading symposia, uh, leading committees, um, and we need those men. Um, so I think this is not just a problem for women. Your, your comments today will provide a natural segue into our future podcasts on compensation models uh, and on Me Too. So I do understand that there is a plan to more broadly disseminate the insights that were gained through this process. Could you tell me more about that? Sure. Um, yes, we've been working on a manuscript, and uh, Kerry Thompson has very much been taking the lead on that. Um, and I think that is uh, going to be uh, coming out soon, is, is, is my hope. Uh, the committee that were involved in this uh, took a lot of trouble to try and bring this together to a manuscript that's going to give um, background information on the data as it pertains to pulmonary critical care. Uh, but it's not just data and outlining the problem. Uh, I think Kerry's done a tremendous problem, a tremendous job of outlining what division chiefs can do um, to promote gender equity within their own divisions, uh, what we need of our national societies uh, to promote women, uh, but also what women need to be aware of and how they need to promote their own career. So this is not just uh, an issue to be addressed by um, the leaders. The leaders play a very important role in this. 
uh, but each individual needs to be aware of the barriers and what they can do to promote their own career. Well, I and I'm sure other people who didn't have an opportunity to be at the Gender Equity Summit will look forward uh, to learning from that paper. The one other thing I would add that I think is going to be a great value from the paper, in addition to talking about what societies can do, is some of the quotes about how unconscious bias training has been very helpful, but more importantly, having division retreats where this topic is discussed openly and hopefully comfortably. I think many um, division chiefs and directors gained a lot of insight from talking with their faculty about the challenges. And they saw it not just as women's issues, but also as men become more involved in caring for children, it becomes just family issues right. and how being a parent can affect having um, you know, challenges with moving forward and, and up with, with career and that balance is challenging. So I think it was eye-opening for all involved as medicine changes and evolves. Well, thank you so much, uh, Anne and Kristen, for joining me today for t the podcast on gender equity. Um, to our listeners, I'd say this is your podcast. Please let us know what topics you'd like to discuss. If you're interested in joining the conversation, don't forget to use hashtag APCCSDP podcasts on Twitter or follow us at PCCSMChiefs to send us your questions or comments. Thank you. Thank you.